I'll be honest. I was planning to like catch up with the news today. I haven't done that at all. Well, I can I can fill you in on someone, and you can react as we go. It's gonna have to be one of those James reacts episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, welcome everybody to James reacts, the yeah. spinoff to Cease Operate. Yeah, I've been I've been news free for a few days, and today my usual catch up with the news day because we've got a podcast coming up. Uh, even if I've been news free has been 100% editing all day. Oh, really? It takes so long. Why Why is it taking so long? Well, the industrious Jonathan boy, <laughs> underscore I. Your employer. My One of my employers. When deciding what video he wanted to record for today's YouTube content, started recording last night at 2 a.m. Oh, <laughs> A video entitled Pro Players... Mechanics tier list where he's rating literally every pro player that his Twitch chat can tell him to. Is is that because he can like tag them and get lots of retweets and likes? No, it's just because he that's what he wanted to do. Tier lists are cool, I guess. Sadly, there's like people at the end of the day, there's more than 70 something players. He's a long winded kind of guy, so he's spending a few minutes talking about each player, which means that there is a total of three, three and a half hours of footage unedited and then my job is to in one day slice all that down into a succinct digestible 30-ish minute youtube video what i have learned after getting one third of the way through the video and still having third. and already having more than 50 minutes of footage because not much of it is actually completely removable is that this is an impossible task so my day has been wasted <laughs> great so you've had a wasted day Yes, and, uh, and I just talked to you about it for about as long as it took to waste the day. I'll be honest, I did have several sips of juice in between that monologue. <laughs> uh, I've I've had a really interesting day, James. Thanks for asking. Oh wow! In that we did our first face to face session since the pandemic started. Oh, which has been almost seven months. How how close were those faces? In some cases, certainly closer than two meters. <gasps> but we, for the large part, kept our distance, and it was just very unusual. Was it was there good mask discipline? Did everybody have their mouths and noses covered? It was good mask discipline up until we started, and then the masks came off, which, and I'll be honest, I was among them, because <gasps> wearing a mask for seven hours just ain't gonna happen. That's shocking. And it's, You should be ashamed. It is a very, it's a very difficult one, I admit, but it's the balance of... This is infinitely better than doing it virtually. However, it is infinitely more possible for me to catch COVID because if I'm in my kitchen... <laughs> You're not going to catch COVID from the ham. Well, it, yeah, well, I'm not going to catch COVID from sitting in my joggies in my kitchen. Aye. Whereas if I'm in the Radisson Blue Hotel Ooh. and I'm in a room with four other people and even when, even if all of us were keeping our masks on, we're still having lunch. So I get that. That's the that is a possibility, but business, James, as we've discussed, business has got to keep going, got to keep making yeah, money. It's almost like the drive back to getting everybody back into face to face work is a contributor to the uh, the rerun of Corona. Do, do you know how we've we've already teed up that this episode is going to be an episode of James reacts? Oh man, yeah, 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 yeah. One of one of the items today, which we will get to in further depth, is that further restrictions are being planned for Scotland, and we will hear about them. Tomorrow, and tomorrow is Wednesday, so by the time you're listening to this, dear listener, the new restrictions will be in place. Oh, great. I expect they will be for the hospitality sector. Yeah. Because yeah. 
them transmissions are still happening. They're still going up, yeah. despite the fact that we're not hanging out in people's houses. Yeah, turns out that, you know, if, if everybody's in their own homes, if you let all the kids go to school all the time and you let everybody go out to the pubs and the restaurants all the time and you tell everybody to go to work, it doesn't really make much difference because... <laughs> They're catching the corona all throughout the day and then bringing it home to the rest of the family who hasn't managed it yet. I mean, I, I do admire your your current work situation, your work situation, which has been the case for, what, three, four years now? Yeah, a long yeah, time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In which, yeah, you are unable to catch COVID off a computer screen or from your cat. Yeah. And that's that's all you have to deal with. I mean, your brother, does he go out? Oh, yeah, yeah no, he's actually high risk, but he should be moving out this week. I've been saying this for... This week? Yeah, man. Man. So that's going to be a big, a big, a big time in the flat. I will finally be at minimum risk for coronavirus because it will just be the delivery guys at that point. Nice. Uh, it's going to be wonderful. I mean, because you have been working from home basically your whole career. Yeah. Do, you don't, you don't miss sort of any interaction. You're quite happy just no, I, living life solo. Yeah, no, I I, th- I thrive in this. It, it means I've got the energy to do such things as talk on a podcast for one hour, which okay. I consider to be social activity, or or go on my stream these days, which is quite a lot. Um, oh, it's great. The fact that I don't expend all my energy on co-workers means I can pop on stream and not feel exhausted. Okay, well, speaking of the podcast, welcome. This is Seesaw Parade, episode 222. James, oh, we've hit the big milestone. That's a beautiful number. <laughs> it is. I'm Colin and he's James. Uh-huh. And welcome to Scotland's Least Still Podcast, your new favourite podcast with the longest running season one of any Scottish entertainment podcast hosted <laughs> in Glasgow in existence. Yes. Okay. You, of course, can get in touch with Seesaw Parade. Most commonly on Twitter, but also Facebook, also seesawparade at gmail.com. Following on from our discussions of our current living situation, Izzy got in touch and said, decorating suggestion, instead of painting your whole bedroom this deep blue colour, which might be overwhelming once you finish, paint three walls a light blue, and then make the fourth the deep blue colour, a bit like a feature wall. Well, Izzy, I had actually considered this, and so instead, (gasps) I'm going to go with the three walls... The deep blue. 3D. And then the fourth wall is going to be some weird wallpaper. Three deep, one weep. <laughs> that, that's it. That's it. Weird wallpaper. You're going to cry when you see it, but then you turn around and you, you look in the deep wallpaper to soothe you again. Oh, precisely. And, and that is uh, why we are also the new hosts of Changing Rooms, which is coming back next year. <laughs> I cannot wait. Three deep, one weep. Three deep, one weep. Oh, no. <laughs> Okay, James, we do have a lot coming up on the show because things so. have happened over the last yeah. week to 10 days. Man, by which, yeah, uh, every time we stop for a little extra few days, the world explodes a wee bit. Hey, so apologies, I have been uh, working hard, but now we're back to have some fun and talk about coronavirus. Yeah, let's have some fun and talk about real bad stuff. Okay, here we go. We're going to start with this horrible thing you can't get rid of, Donald Trump. <laughs> That tickled you, didn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Well, the news we're going to start with is, of course, that President Trump contracted COVID-19. What a hero. He was taken to hospital. Yeah. He was at Walter Reed for a total of three days before checking himself out on Monday... 
mm-hmm. and in a very theatrical return to the White House, <laughs> yeah. remo- it was terrible, highly choreographed, removed his face mask, oh, saluted so the helicopter that had dropped him off, and then went back inside to tweet. <laughs> yeah, but also struggled to breathe the whole time. Yes, like, he looked yes. so bad. <laughs> there were gifts, there were videos showing Trump really having a difficult time with uh, getting that oxygen in. Yeah. And then rife speculation that, well, not even speculation, facts that he is still contagious. Yeah. Still and contagious. also, he, he has only been positive for five days. So there may well as, be... Yeah, as far as we know. There, oh, yeah, as far as we know, indeed. We'll get to that. There may well be uh, more to come in this story. Yeah, no. Because after three days, you have not beaten coronavirus. Yeah, we talked about it when Boris caught it. I mean, Trump just doing a little Boris 2.0, but at an even more embarrassing time. Um, there's this cycle where you get it, you start showing symptoms, you treat those and you feel a bit better, but then day 10 comes along and bad and then like day 14 15 comes along and like you maybe are dead now so i I guess we all gotta keep an eye for for the next week and just see what progresses he is he has been absolutely stuffed full of drugs though they've been pumping them in through every orifice so Uh, okay just before you get into any more graphic detail uh, there were certain occasions where conflicting reports were being given on the state of the president's health the chief of staff said that the next few days were critical yes. in terms of his recovery. And then the doctor said, well, actually, he's, he's totally fine and he, he wants to get back to work and he's walking around and he's great. Mm-hmm. And then other people saying, well, hold on a second. He's 74 years old and he's obese. Yeah. He's in the most high risk category. Yeah, He feels better than he did 20 years ago. Hmm. Yes, Could indeed. be all the steroids. So the uh, the reports now are that the White House is currently a ghost town, as many staff members have been told to work from home. Uh, yeah. Journalists who were exposed to the infected press secretary are being told to isolate at home because, of course, it wasn't just Trump; it was everybody. It was so many big names. So you had the first lady, you had Kellyanne Conway, you had other people, other high-profile Republicans who were all at this uh, event, I believe, last week, which was announcing their nomination for the Supreme Court, which we talked about in episode 221. At the moment, I believe there are 36 different infections from that one event. And they they all kept that wee bit hidden. They knew before they told everybody. Correct. For at least a couple days. So, but just before I pose any more questions, Trump is considering making a, a, a TV nationwide address, which... <laughs> no. no, don't do it live, Trump. You can't hide your coughs if it's live. We'll see how that goes. And uh, he's now been downplaying the illness today, as of Tuesday. He's compared it to seasonal flu. Oh, I know, yeah. Which uh, he's saying is basically just like covid that has now prompted Facebook in the last few minutes to remove the post he put on Facebook about yeah. the flu. Um, they've said that it's breached its rules on misinformation. It is misinformation. Because he claimed, he claimed that COVID was less deadly than the flu, which is completely incorrect. Yeah, uh, the- 210,000 Americans are currently dead, and each year the flu kills between sixteen and 20,000 people. Yeah. That is a tenth. The, the two things that could still happen that would be really bad, in my opinion... One, Trump dies from COVID. That would be really bad. That would be bad. Because then he gets away with not actually suffering for all the damage he's done to an entire nation and all the corruption and stuff. 
I'd rather he didn't die, so he had to go to prison and stuff for at least a little while, and then he can die Which there. I still don't think he will, but hey-ho. Yeah, no, he'll still get pardoned, but we'll keep our fingers crossed. The second bad thing is that he just has the easy recovery. The the low percentage recovery for someone of his age, and especially of his obesity. Um, if he goes and gets the corona, and it's, and it's actually real, because, you know, maybe they're faking it, but I doubt it. Um, if they get it and then he's just fine, they pump full of drugs and he actually just continues on as normal, it is going to make America such a mess because it's going to just make his base believe there is zero risk. Hey, look, yep. old fat Trump did it. We can do it too. Let's all go get the virus. Let's just burn through it. Yep. So so this has been the reaction on, on social media. And I, again, I was checking this because I was fascinated by the response. This is the largely the group QAnon. James, who I have been fascinated by in the last few days. This is a far-right, conspiracy-ridden cult who believe that Trump actually hasn't been in Walter Reed Hospital. He's been in a submarine or he's been in some sort of secure bunker. And uh, when he he tweeted that they would get through this together, the QAnon tribe deciphered this as, ah, to get her. (laughs) <laughs> this means that Trump's going to go underground and Hillary Clinton's going to get arrested. Right, yeah. They still they still think it's that the big long game is in play. <laughs> they, they still believe that the Democrats are uh, satanic pedophiles and Hillary Clinton's yeah, going down. Man, QAnon, what a cult. My goodness, right. it surprises then, more and more. When Trump did his, his surprise drive-by from Walter Reed, they were doing somersaults over each other to say, ah, that was his clone. It was his body double. It was Robert Trump. It was his dead brother. And that's why he was wearing a mask and going into, you know, like screenshotting the guy's ear and saying, look, that's not Trump's ear. It's look at his thumb. His thumb's different as well. And honestly, I found it horrifying and fascinating in equal measure. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, James, my, my surmising of this whole situation, whether Trump has it or not, I do believe he does. Yeah, I think he Whether does. he has it or not, is that America is past saving. Yeah. Because the amount of misinformation, of absolutely bonkers conspiracy theories, and of the people who are actively wishing that Trump dies, is... It shocked me. It did genuinely shock me. And honestly, I have no idea what happens from here. Yeah, I'm gonna... I'm gonna... Like, I've seen, I saw a lot... This is just the one thing I'm gonna pick up there. I saw a lot of people wishing Trump would die. I think, fair enough... You, you kind of got, are getting this wrong. Death would be a big relief for the guy. Let's not wish him that kind of a blessing. And, and then I saw a lot of people being like, hey, where's, where's the compassionate left? Or where's the compassion of the blah, blah, blah? If you know that somebody has been a major element of the death of over 200,000 people in one country, never mind however many else in foreign lands, I don't think we need to worry about compassion if they die at that point. That's a fair point. I'm not saying, hey... We throw a massive big street party if he does. I wouldn't actually feel bad if anybody did that. But at at some point, we have to accept that it's okay not to be compassionate to people who are doing pure evil. There's also a breaking story, James, which is, again, another element of James Reacts, which is the news that the White House has shot down a proposal from the FDA that would have required potential coronavirus vaccines to be tested on patients for two months 
before they were approved for public use. Well, they couldn't even do the two months? This is this is on the back of Trump saying a vaccine could be released any day oh. and that it could be available before the election. So essentially, they're bypassing the white tape, which makes sure that the, the vaccines are safe. Safe, yeah. And not going to kill you or give you any sort of long-term effect. And yeah. this is just another strand to Trump's fight to continue to win re-election. He's talked His today last again... hope to make it look like a win, yeah. Correct. He's talked today about getting back on the election trail, the campaign trail. <laughs> Currently, no events scheduled, and again, because he's only five days into this purported illness, he still has a long way to go. Yeah. I don't know. He's not a good actor, so the fact that his breathing's so bad is one of the reasons I think he's definitely got the stuff. There's no way he's going to be allowed back out on the trail when he's so fragile in his health. He's fragile enough without the corona. If he's got the corona on top of it, he could be collapsing any second from a lack of oxygen, from struggling to breathe all the time. They're like, I, I bet they stuffed his jacket full of full of um, metal though, to prop him up in place so he couldn't actually fold over. So the other, before we move on to other stories, the other story which we missed last week because it was the day after our latest episode was, of course, the first debate oh, man, between yeah. Trump and and Biden. And my goodness, wow, wow. that was a total disaster. It was a cacophony of noise, personal insults, yeah. Joe telling Donald to shut up and called him a clown, and uh, Trump interrupting Biden 73 times. James, yeah. what did you think of how that first presidential debate went down? Biden didn't collapse and die, so I think Biden came out on top. Um, That's a win. Purely because he didn't completely embarrass himself which when you've got Biden, who has been saying some very strange things every now and then, being given a stage, you've got to worry that he's going to say one of those very strange things in the first debate. He didn't. So I think, hey, well done, Biden. Trump, what a mess. But people, people, I guess, respect him for that for some weird reason, where they're like, they like the fact that he doesn't follow the rules and take his turn and listen when it's his turn to listen and stuff like that. It was lapped up by the supporters, yes. Yeah, so... He won't have lost anybody from his base from the pure embarrassment of that, for sure. They'll forget about it in two days uh, and move on. The fact that the debate was on at a potential time where they might have known he had the virus is mind-blowing to me. Oh, that's insane. Because for all we know, he'd had his first um, positive tests around about that time. And the fact that Biden and co. are learning that Trump was maybe infected during debate o'clock from the news rather than from some sort of contact tracing team is also mind-blowing. I, I don't understand how you can be the most important person in your nation and have such little coordination against a pandemic around your person. Let's forget how much of a failure the whole nation has been. I am shocked that it is, it's a failure within the inner circle as well. Okay, anyway, let's take it on to UK matters. In the last few days, Prime Minister Boris Johnson has suggested the recent spike in coronavirus cases in the UK yeah. is a result of the fraying of people's discipline yeah. over the summer. So now mm -hmm. we're being blamed, James. Tremendous. Blame the public. It's been the long game. It's been evident for months now that their idea was to come out at the other end of this and blame the public rather than blame their terrible messaging, their shambolic rules. Correct. Like, yeah, people's discipline are fraying. Are we, are we not going to the restaurants enough? Did they want us to go there more? Did they want us to go to work more, maybe? Is that 
that where we're not being disciplined enough? Did they want us to send kids to school with like out their masks? Maybe that's what they wanted. The Prime Minister said compliance with the virus restrictions had been high at first, but then probably everybody got a bit kind of complacent and blasé. Yeah, you know, and maybe having one of the biggest people influencing our current um, political climate going and breaking the rules themselves and receiving no reprimand or punishment could have maybe contributed to any sort of blasé uh, feelings around the nation. But no, it's just all of us got bored all on our own. There was no influence from the Conservatives to make that happen. There has been also some issues around the numbers of people who have been tested positive for coronavirus. Oh, yeah. 16,000 cases were missed over the weekend, south of the border. It's mad. And the number of people admitted to hospital with coronavirus has now jumped up by a quarter in England in the space of a day. Yeah. So that's concerning, James. It's constantly shocking, the numbers. And like, we're making, we're, we're not making fun of America. We're pointing at Americans saying, hey, look how bad it is there. We are comparable. For population size, we've got comparable numbers. We are in embarrassment as well. This is even even Scotland and, and the rest. Okay, well, before before we get to Scotland, Boris Johnson today, sorry, I'm just throwing all these headlines at you. Yeah, yeah. Boris Johnson today has laid out his vision of post-COVID UK. He's vowed to defeat the disease and build a better country over the next decade. Build back better. Yes, he said... Biden's campaign. And I'm quoting here, he wanted to build... A new Jerusalem with opportunity <laughs> for all, improved housing and healthcare. Oh, I hadn't heard new Jerusalem. To build a new wow. Jerusalem. There we go. <laughs> He's also rejected suggestions that he had lost his mojo as drivel. No, he has. Even his own team know it. They've, they're seeing him going about trying to do his interviews and failing to actually say anything of note and say anything impactful. And they're, I mean, they're calling him out now. We, we knew this already, but he is an awful interviewee. I saw him with, with Andrew Marr on Sunday and he can barely string a sentence together without just an insertion of random noises and yeah. filler words I remember, and total nonsense. I remember during the Conservative party leader vote and then the general election afterwards, everybody was telling me about how great an orator he was, how good a public speaker he was, how, 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 how nice and f- um, and well chosen his words are, he's trash. He you is. might be able to recite some old Greek play from memory, but he can't say two sentences in a row without forgetting what he's talking about. Okay. I don't understand where this massive lie came from that he was a good speaker, but we've got all the evidence that it was a lie now. Let's take it over to, to Scotland because, yes, this, this does affect us as well. Yeah, yeah. And I would suggest the vast majority of those listening... As I mentioned at the the top of the show, there will be new restrictions coming in on Wednesday, but Nicola Sturgeon today told us seven things that are not going to happen, which just muddied the waters yep. even further than they already were. James, shall I, uh, shall I read out what uh, Nicola Sturgeon told us today? Okay, here's your, here's your statement. Uh, right. We're not proposing another lockdown, not even on a temporary basis. Oh, we're not going to ask you to stay inside your own homes the way we did mm. in March. All right. uh, we're not about to impose travel restrictions on the whole of the country. We're not about to shut down the whole economy or halt the remobilisation of the NHS. And apart from the school holidays, we are not proposing to close schools. Those are seven things, James, that are not going to happen. So what's going to happen? Who knows? Restricting pubs and restaurants, uh, maybe. I don't don't know. Can we shut down the airports? That's not going to even make a difference at this point. 
I think that they're starting to lose their the energy that they had. Right. They we were behind when the virus hit us. Then we kind of got it. We got it down to just a few infections per day in summer, and we've been they've been they've been losing their minds trying to open the economy since then, and they've gone too fast, as we keep saying on the podcast. Um, and now I don't have a clue what they think they're doing because none of it is actually effective at this time. And we're not getting like this this list of things that they're not going to do. Maybe it was to put our minds at ease because there was that leak a bit earlier that was telling us that they were going to have a, a full-on uh, emergency lockdown coming into place in Scotland on Friday. And maybe sh- the S&P are trying to just undo the damage done by that fake leak and prove that it's not real. But my goodness, do we need to be just... They just need to tell us what to do. And they need to stop this idea that we can have the economy running because we can't. Any country that is trying to have their economies going is seeing massive numbers of people infected. The countries that are focusing more on getting rid of the virus are seeing less people. <laughs> right. Or fewer, rather. People. Just, just to so just come on. add uh, some more information here, the leaders in the hospitality and tourism industry are warning this afternoon, this is Tuesday, that some businesses will never recover from the effects of further yep. restrictions, yep. which are expected to be rolled out on Wednesday. Right. And uh, the, this idea of a circuit breaker, which you've been hearing about for the last few weeks because everybody's talking about it and then ev- everyone's denying it's going to happen, is this idea that if you shut everything down for two weeks, everything will go right down, the, the virus levels will go way down. But the problem is, James, that when you unlock everything again... Same again. The, the rates go up. We have the same cycle. So what is, what is the solution? I'm asking you as a disease control expert. <laughs> what is the solution Sadly, here? I think for Scotland there isn't one. Um, because yeah, other, we don't other have countries, contr- well, sorry, other countries of a similar size are doing much better than we yeah. are. So the difference for the Scottish response is that we cannot control the border because, well, maybe we can. We haven't actually tried. They haven't tried to control the border of England, who are going to have different rules to us. Yep. And um, I expect if we did try to, there would suddenly be a bunch of adverts on Instagram again, telling everybody to holiday in Scotland, and we just get a bunch of people touristing across the border. Um, the big reason we cannot have an adequate response as Scotland is because we do not have control over finances as we would need to to do effective lockdowns. For an effective lockdown, you need to lock everything down and support businesses. We can't do the second part, so lockdowns are never going to be effective because businesses will need to remain open. They'll need to keep having people going so they can work. Um, and then at the end of it, they'll need uh, to be immediately out of lockdown again and having increased numbers of customers. If Scotland had the power it needed to, um, to just give out the loans required to all of these businesses, um, and this is loans to be repaid over hundreds of years for all we know, um, we could actually have an effective lockdown. But we don't have that power. That's all in that's all in that's all in Rishi's pocket, and he's not using it. All he's not using any of his powers, and he's just throwing blame here and there as to how everything's not his fault now. He's decided, he's, he's come out to tell us that there's no way that the Eat Out to Help Out scheme has been impacting uh, the increased infection rates at all. Uh, he's not offering a support that businesses need, but saying that he is. And just deny, he's, he's turned to the conservative method of just deny all weaknesses and pretend things are fine. Correct. There's not a single one of them that is standing up and accepting fault. But, th- but that's because if they did, then they'd be out. They'd be chucked out of the party, or they'd be certainly relegated and castigated and ostracized. 
Yeah, imagine being asked to leave your party or something for for failing. <laughs> Which is what is happening with uh, the MP Margaret Ferrier. It was a beautiful segue. Thank you, hey. James. This is the uh, SNP politician who is being urged to resign. She is yet to, after she travelled down to London, gave a speech in the House of Commons, returned to Glasgow by train, all whilst being positive for COVID. Well, yeah, no, she did the... She went to London after getting the test and then got the results while there. Correct. And then slowly made her way back to Glasgow with all sorts of pit stops, knowing she was positive. So she, she had symptoms. And apparently went to church knowing she was positive. Correct. Stuff, that's that's the latest wrinkle symptoms. in the story. So she was, yeah. she was apparently showing symptoms, still travelled, gave a speech yeah. in the House of Commons, travelled back up yeah. by train, by which yeah. point she was positive. Yeah. And uh, now the story is that she attended mass... At a church in Glasgow yeah. after showing symptoms. She's since been suspended by the SNP. Yeah. The Metropolitan Police are investigating. Rightly. And she's faced calls to quit because she urged Mr Cummings to go. And uh, Nicola Sturgeon also said her behaviour was completely indefensible and that she should, I believe the phrase was, do the right thing. I do the right thing. Or perhaps it was stand down, but ultimately she is yet to go. James, what do you think about this? It's like, what an embarrassment. Like... Of all things, how can you, at this point, we've had a lot of time to get used to the procedures, be breaking them so many times over like a weekend? So many things. Any one of them would have been a reason to quit. Yep. Um, I think the response to it has been about what we expect. People have been trying to make it a, hey, look, the SMP are bad situation. But the SMP have just throwing the book at her they've done everything they actually can they've removed the whip she doesn't represent them anymore they've asked her to quit sadly they for them they can't actually remove her as an mp that's up to the people it is so the smp have done all they can and now they're still getting fingers pointed at them to do more even though they can't um i find it very hypocritical that a lot of these voices calling for more action from the smp are from conservative leaning folks who who haven't said similar things about all the rule breakers in the Conservative Party. But my goodness, should she step down? Yes, she's failed. Um, she's failed her people. She's put them at risk by returning to them and going to mass and all this stuff. She's put, she's put loads of people at risk. It's, it's not worth continuing your work as a representative of the people if you have endangered them with your own actions. But my goodness, what an idiot. And it's just a kind of... I'm going to say it's the kind of middle class laziness and lack of awareness that you see from people who are comfortable. She's clearly too comfortable existing and doesn't understand that she needs to be able to empathize and see things from other people's perspective and see that, hey, maybe I feel unwell and me going about isn't just hard for me. It's dangerous for everybody else. Okay, James, one final story unrelated to COVID, but definitely related to the government. This may well be news to you. Okay. But uh, Home Secretary Priti Patel has been back in the headlines. Oh, she's... Because she asked officials to consider looking at the asylum policy for the UK and suggested processing asylum seekers at Ascension Island, which is 4,000 miles from the UK and a former volcano. Does she understand... That that would cost so much more than it would to just do processing here, but with enough people to do it properly, just employ I mean, James, the right is, amount of people. This is shitty Chattel we are talking about here. Come She's, on, we've been over this. She is a trashy person. 
I cannot believe that she's still making all these ridiculous suggestions. And we are still so, so, so unwelcoming to people who desperately need the help of one of the world's most prosperous countries. I, I, I don't get how people think this is okay. She then gave a speech to the virtual Tory party a couple of days ago and said that she was determined to fix the broken immigration system, despite the fact that the Conservatives have been in power for the last 10 years. I mean, yeah, and there was someone else was saying that the Conservatives are trying are still trying to fix the broken nation they inherited from Labour and stuff like that. This is still the only thing they can rely on is pretending that it's not their fault that everything's broken. Now, she's right. The, the UK asylum system, the UK immigration system is all broken, but it's because it only favours people who are, who are already safe and have lots of money. It doesn't favour anybody else in any way and it tries to make it impossible for people who are in poverty or in danger to, to come and find shelter. Um, so it is broken, but she doesn't intend to make it better for all those people. She intends to make it even better for the rich and to make even even harder for the poor. Um, it is constant embarrassment. I mean, we're talking about conservative. You know, I'm doing a segue this time. We're talking about conservatives uh, and their massive government policies that impact people here and abroad. They're voting right now. They voted last night. I think it was last or today. They were voting to make it legal for UK operatives to commit all all kinds of heinous acts. We're talking about killing people, assaulting people, all sorts of things in service of the country or whatever. Yep. And what what's Labour doing? The party of the people? Abstaining? Like the cowards they are? Like they can't even they couldn't even change the outcome of the vote if they wanted to. They could at least be making a statement. Like we're an embarrassment. We've got, we got the righties and then the, the slightly less righties in charge. And we're, all we're doing is trying to make life hard for as many people as possible, except the few wealthy people that exist in this country. James, let's move away from embarrassing countries and terrible people <laughs> could we move yeah and, yeah where are we going talk about more terrible people and things that we've been watching this week because james i finished a tv show and two movies oh good stuff uh, what have you been doing what have you been up to i streamed a lot i can't really review my own streams okay. i didn't finish well, any you series you can watch my stream you can review it for me okay well james i'm going to start with the tv show then i'm going to hit you with the movies the tv show i finished myself and graham finished is tiger king mm. now this show was all the rage. Speaking of people who make things horrible for everybody but themselves. Oh my goodness. Yeah, this show was all the rage at the start of lockdown, so don't ask me why it's taken six months for us to watch it. But hey-ho, finally watched it. And if you are yet to watch it, it is... I, I can see why it was so popular and why these characters have become... Using the phrase cult figures with uh, inverted commas. But the people in this show... Almost, almost to a person. There are some good eggs in there. Almost to a person are terrible, terrible people who are only looking out for themselves yep. and the money. Mm-hmm. And in amongst all of the show is the fact that these animals have been completely forgotten about. And it's just become this, you know, personal vendettas, murder for hire plots, um, filming yourself killing blow up dolls that look like the person you hate like this is joe exotic and carol baskin and all these names that you've heard about in pop culture over the last few months yeah. it is it is a terrible 
I don't want to say terrible show. It's a very watchable show. It's a very watchable show about terrible people mm-hmm. doing terrible things. Yeah, and but for real. I felt, I almost felt like dirty or greasy after watching it. It, it really does have yeah. like a stank on it and not in a good way. Yeah, I get you there. So uh, I'm, I'm sorry it took me so long to get there. But um, honestly, if you're looking for something trashy and interesting, it does tick both those boxes. I do think there's a lot more to the story that they're not telling you. Probably. Or they're keeping for an after show. For example, one of uh, Joe Exotic's former husbands, who on the show is basically toothless because of his uh, meth, Mm -hmm. crystal Mm -hmm. meth addiction, is shirtless the entire way through and out of shape. And then actually, he's got his life together. He's happily married. He's got a kid. He's got his teeth fixed. He looks great. But that's not what you see in the TV show. Right. So don't show you every little detail. So so there yeah so there's aspects of it. I understand why the TV showmakers wanted to do it because they didn't want to show someone who was I don't know who looked great, that looked like a normal person. They wanted to show someone who had two teeth visible. Yeah. And someone who looked like they belonged in Alabama, which I believe is where most of the show is filmed. So, <laughs> Sorry, Alabama. Yes, yeah, sorry, Alabama, but... Um, I know a lot of people from Alabama that are very, very not two-toothed. <laughs> okay. But yeah, that's that's uh, my succinct review. Okay, moving quickly on. Enola Holmes, James, I've oh, seen you Enola Holmes. It. Wow. Yes, indeed, I've watched it. And I would largely agree with Izzy's review last week in that yeah. it is clearly aimed at a young adult audience. Yes. I, I, fe- I felt whilst watching it, this is fun but it's definitely aimed at a different market. Got yeah. There's a couple of a couple of really good points I will point out in that Millie Bobby Brown is great and Henry Cavill again as as he said as Sherlock Holmes is excellent. It's a very very different Sherlock Holmes to the good, Benedict good. Cumberbatch and particularly the Robert Downey Jr interpretation of the character. Good. The one thing I will say a, a couple more points there is a very abrupt act of violence at the very end, to the extent it made me go, oh, oh, because it was completely out of the blue and very, very unpleasant. All right. Pretty young adults. They're not ready for that stuff. There's also the tired trope oh. of a, a particular comedy setup, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attempt to replicate it for you now. Okay. Enola Holmes will say, now I don't know how to cross-stitch, but I do know how to use nunchucks, shoot an arrow off somebody's head from 20 yards away and jump into a castle. And the teenage love interest will reply, you don't know how to cross-stitch? Oh, wait, sorry, yeah. That, like, tired trope of someone listing out all these ridiculous things and they take the very first one, which is the least surprising. Right, yeah. Oh, good, that sounds like a funny, funny joke. And they just do it over and over there's maybe three times in the movie all right so it really is like i don't know how to write a good joke and then you're like (laughs) yeah i know so that aside it is a fun enough watch would i go back to it again nope but can i see more movies in this franchise being made 100 percent. all right because it's a it's a nice amiable way to pass the time yeah i mean Netflix have been cancelling things right and left for a couple of days here, so you might hear that they've just boxed and shelved this for the foreseeable future. And one last film that I've seen, I finally watched Truman Show. Oh, wow. Now, this is, I believe, the 90s movie Yeah. with Jim Carrey as Truman Burbank, who is a character who is unaware that his whole life is a TV show. Yes. It is a classic, and it is on Netflix right now. I had, yeah. I had never seen it. And the only so knowledge I really had of it, other than the overarching concept, 
was the fact that my mom does not like this movie because she feels sorry Wait, what? for Truman. She feels very sorry for him that he's in this uh, this life which is not his own. That's a reason to like the film. <laughs> okay. When it makes you feel real things. I thought it was great. Yes. It is, it is missing a lot. And I mean any sort of backstory for any of the other characters other than Truman, but this is very much... They're all actors. That's the backstory. No, I mean like the... No, no, no. I mean people like Ed Harris, the creator, the villain. Okay, right. The lore. And and Paul Giamatti, who's a cameraman whose only thing is that he looks very angsty when Ed Harris asks him to do things. And he eats (laughs) pizza in one scene. And that's it. That's all you get from them. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get that this is a this is Jim Carrey's movie, and he's brilliant. I think he's absolutely brilliant. Yes, and I really like the the story it told. Of course, there are many unanswered questions. Absolutely, and things that if you were to set Truman Show in twenty twenty, simply would not yeah. would not work because of say the invention of the internet. But for the era in which it was done, and the way in which it tells the story and drip feeds it through, I thought, and, and also it's a reflection of. Of our culture, yeah, yeah, yeah and that yeah, yeah. we are watching reality TV shows and looking for the next big thing constantly. I thought, I thought it was, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Really liked I it. I agree. Like I haven't seen it for quite a few years now, but yeah, I really like it. And uh, every now and then, I, I do still revisit it as a story to think about and to look into certain elements of because they do, they give you hints to different characters. Um, general feelings. They give you hints of different characters' motivations throughout the show in in subtle ways that you only catch after you know, watching it a second time or something like that. So really intelligently written, really intelligently shot. Uh, I really like this one. Okay, James, we're going to move on to some movie news and I'm going to lump all these delays together because oh, yeah. basically the news is Everything has been pushed back. Oh, guys, cinema didn't work after all. Okay, Let's so... put the films somewhere else. Following the stuttering returns of Christopher Nolan's film Tenet, which was earmarked as the saviour of cinema, which we have talked about in the show, if you want to dig into the archives yeah. and listen to what we thought. <laughs> which reminds me, Boris Johnson has pleaded with us all to go to the cinema. Oh, has he? We got it. Yeah, we've got it. We are 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 we're not behaving well enough and locked down and good enough. But we better go to the cinema. <laughs> Boris is Boris is telling us so. If only he told us before, we wouldn't be seeing these delays. Okay, so after Tenet really underperformed at the box office, we have now seen that Denis Villeneuve's film June, yeah. the first trailer of which came out a few months ago, has been pushed back to October 2021. That means that it clashed with the new Batman movie with Robert Pattinson, so that's now been pushed back yeah. to March 2022. Oh, that that was 2022. Yeah, that's yeah, 2022, yeah, yeah. yep. We've also now seen the James Bond movie, No Time to Die, which was <laughs> meant to be coming out in November. Yeah. That's been pushed back to April next year, which means it's a year since it was meant to be coming out. Mm-hmm. That then prompted Cineworld to announce its closure until the spring, yeah. because they literally have no other movies to show. Yeah. And also um, Marvel's Black Black Widow will be coming out next May, which again is a further delay. Also means that 2020 is the first year in 13 years without a Marvel movie that's come out. Oh, good. I hope we have more to <laughs> Yes, indeed. Also, Matrix 4 has been uh, pushed to December 2021. Everything. So essentially, yeah. essentially everything... Add on an extra six months at least, in some cases a year. Yeah. Are you surprised by this, James? No. Are Netflix happy they're going to win all the Oscars? Yes. <laughs> Oscars is going to be a very strange one. It's going to be Amazon and Netflix, maybe a cheeky little Hulu production in there if they're really good at what they do. 
Do you reckon Milan's going to win something? I mean, I would not put it past that movie, to be honest. Seeing as they've got very little competition, you may even see something like Bill and Ted Face the Music being nominated for something. Oh, I love it. I would love Bill and Ted to winning stuff. <laughs> okay, James, let me ask. Is this, is this the only option for these big blockbuster movies? Yes. Okay, let's move on. What I would do, what I would think, what I would like to be able to say I would do if I was in charge of all these studios is just keep shooting the sequels anyway. So we know we're shelving June. We don't know how well it's going to be received, but we might as well double down and shoot June, the sequel, um, with whoever, whoever, whoever's still around um, and then commit to all these pl- future plans so that when it is time to start re-releasing, you can take a couple of years off big expensive productions and then be releasing all the stuff you've got in your backlog huh big brains over here that's big brains over there yes james another story here this is uh for the future spider-man sequel to the sequel in which it's been suggested that jamie fox who played the character of electro Mm -hmm. in a different spider-man franchise yeah is going to be resurrected as Electro? As Electro. I hope he doesn't play any more like nursery rhymes on, on generators. <laughs> okay. That was cringy. So Jimmy Fox was in the 2014 Amazing Spider-Man 2, which had Andrew Garfield yeah. as the web slinger. Who is not Tom Holland. The suggestion now is that Jamie Foxx's Electro would be in this Tom Holland Spider-Man 3, which would follow on from Homecoming and the other one, which also had Home in the title. <laughs> Was it coming home? Far from home. Far from home. There we go. <laughs> coming yeah. home. What will the third one be? Home time. Uh, homework. <laughs> homework. Homeworking. Homework for sure. <laughs> okay, James, what do you think about this? Wait, no, this it's is... going to be work from home. Instead of far from home, it's going to be work <laughs> from home. Spider-Man, work from home. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch that movie. That's just Tom Holland <laughs> telling everybody that they're on mute. They can't hear. You can't see them. Just Tom Holland for like three hours doing his best lo-fi anime girl impression. <laughs> uh, Tom Holland trying to screen share and uh, accidentally showing his uh, incognito window. Oh no! <laughs> let me let me just say, just because I, I did ask the question, James, what do you think about this potential suggestion that Jimmy Fox would be essentially in the same? world but not really uh, yeah like i'm all right with the same characters showing it's, it's comic book stuff multiple universes well, James, always work hold on did you see spider-man uh coming home far from home far from home and uh, not did yet. you see it not yet okay well let me let me hit you with a spoiler it has been out for uh, yeah, 18 worry, months. I, i've given up on being spoiler free the end credit scene uh-huh. of the most recent spider-man right saw jonah j jameson right Come back. This is the role played by J.K. Simmons in the yeah. original Spider-Man, as in the 2001 movie. Yeah. He came back as like a InfoWars host. Yeah, 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 yeah. Saying yeah. that he, he knew Spider-Man's identity. That's the, And obviously that was received rapturously by the fan base because he's an iconic character. Of course. Uh, so if he's allowed to do it, then surely yeah. Jamie Foxx can do it yeah. with a much like- less... Well-received character who was very naff. Yeah, I just I, that was that was going to be the follow-up. Is that while I do, I think I think it's very easy to just justify having the same character acted by the same person in a different Spider Verse. 
Um, the, I, I think we can trust that this run of Spider-Man will have a, a better version of the character, even if it is the same actor, because that it, it didn't work. I am for it, but I hope they do a good job. Okay, James, one more piece of news, and this is actually a trailer. Oh, yeah. Of which I'm going to play a short snippet. This is of the sequel to Borat, yeah. which is coming to Amazon Prime on October 23rd. Here's a clip. Fourteen years ago, I released a movie film which brought great shame to Kazakhstan. But now I was instructed to return to Yankee Land to carry out secret mission. I go to America! What do you say? No, it's not me. People make recognize my face. I would need disguises. I'm unsure what its actual title is, but let's just call it Borat 2 for the purposes of this discussion. Yeah, yeah, Borat 2 will do. Borat 2, where, where Borat has now been essentially accepted as a good thing for Kazakhstan, which did take a long time. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. if you recall the backlash to the first film, it was very much Kazakhstan uh, repudiating everything that Borat stood for yeah, until they mm-hmm. saw the massive boost to tourism mm-hmm. and realized, actually, this thing can make us a lot of money. So yeah. the film starts with him being given a good send-off from his homeland. And yes, then, Borat, go do it again. Essentially, essentially, from what the trailer shows, going back to unsuspecting people in the States and essentially recreating the first movie, except he yeah. has a doctor now. Well, and except he's too famous, so it's got to be somebody acting as Bora, acting as other people. So we're getting levels deep here. The only times he's going to be Bora is when he's surrounded by people who haven't seen the film, which isn't too many people. So it's like some old rednecks, maybe. So S- Sasha Baron Cohen as Borat, as yeah. somebody yeah. else. As as disguised Borat, okay. who is going to try and disguise his way through America and, and go up, get up to some shenanigans. When I saw what, what do you the think? first Borat, I was I wasn't informed enough about how the world works, and I wasn't aware enough of what sat- satire is. Right, like I thought I was a smart kid, but I didn't quite get Borat. I th- I thought Borat was just dumb shock humor, but looking back on it, it was really intelligent dumb shock humor. Um, all He's sorts a smart of guy, deep, deep levels. Oh, everything he does is is better than initially you believe it to be. Right. Um. So having gone through that process, I am pretty excited about what you could do with this one because America wasn't quite as messed up a place and so easy to satire to make satire of back then. It was it was a bit more subtle this time around. Yeah, I don't think he's going to have to work hard to get some ridiculous stuff to happen, <laughs> but we'll see what he does. It looks like he gets into some proper situations based off the trailer that, and apparently we've got like a a, a political career ending segment oh really uh, in the film according to the the marketers yeah somebody somebody's political career is at risk when they release this film okay um so they're rushing it out on amazon before election day um so that they can't get, just get sued and it's gone forever um but it, this could be huge i don't think it's going to make too big of a difference they're, they're putting out before election day everyone's thinking hey people are going to watch this and trump admin at the trump administration is going to go down right i don't think it's going to make much of a difference unless it's got something no. absolutely huge um but it, it could be some good election season uh uplift that we all need just to laugh at how dumb everything is just for just for however many hours long the film is the borat movie if my memory serves me correctly came out i want to say in the early noughties do you feel, James, that the characters 
overstate his welcome or, or perhaps is irrelevant for today? I think it's been long enough that bringing back the character works. Okay. I think if they did a sequel two years later, three years later, I'd be tired because everybody was doing Bora impressions for a very long time after the first <laughs> film came out. Yes. Um, whereas th- those have kind of died off and now it's peak time to bring back Bora, especially because America's so messy right now. It needs to be made fun of in this way. It's the perfect time to be making fun of America from a um, satirical outsider's perspective. Okay, James, that has brought us to the end of the show. Thank you all very much for listening. Anything else you would like to discuss before we say farewell to our oh beloved boy. listeners? Oh man, I don't know. There, were, I, I, I did. I, I don't know. I said it was a news-free week, but I was still actively reading the headlines and stuff. Good. Um, I, I just want to apologize to everybody because. The goal of the podcast is to be entertaining. But in this day and age, everything just sucks. Uh, and I don't think we're funny enough to carry that and turn it into entertaining bad. Um, so, well, you know, we're. I hope you all are at least informed somewhat by what we say and you want to engage with us in a conversation about the things that we said that are wrong. Uh, just just thank you for sticking with us through the through the massive big lockdown and the political messes all over the Western world. Well, and the rest of the world too. My goodness. Um, 2020 is not even done. No, oh, I know. What's the next surprise going to be? Like, we got Minecraft characters in Smash Brothers now. Do we? It's just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Nintendo announced that Minecraft Steve, Minecraft Alex, Minecraft Zombie, and Minecraft Enderman are going to be in Smash Brothers. Incredible. Things just get weirder and weirder. And worse. But James, no, that was that was very thoughtfully put. But I would I would disagree. I would say that uh, we are, okay, maybe telling people things they already know, but also bringing new stories to light. I hope so. And also doing it in a fun seesaw parade way. <laughs> in a fun, family-friendly, sometimes way. Sometimes. <laughs> I have had to bleep what we've said before in the past. But hey, ho, not today. Okay, Mate. James, thank you for your time. I will see you next week yeah let's do this again soon cheerio everybody tune into james's stream everyone yeah come watch my stream i I do music and stuff it's great honestly also random bits of art sometimes i can attest to it it's great it's really nice when people are just there to have a chat with through the week so pop by okay bye james bye bye